You're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm John Negroni. And I'm Travis Imus. And today we're doing a manga recap of One Piece Chapter 1090, titled Kizaru. Which, Travis, we both know Kizaru is Japanese for Yellow Monkey, so I assume this chapter is, uh, we're, we're going to go to the zoo? You could, you could say it's like a zoo. There are people trapped behind visible force fields and we are looking in at them there you go as usual we will be discussing spoilers for the one piece manga up until this chapter so if you have not yet read chapter 1090 be sure to do so now for free on the biz website or the shonen jump app linked in the show notes as always and remember all new chapters are available to read free up to three weeks after the official release or whenever you want if you're a member of shonen jump which we are and do recommend but you know travis uh, a lot of people who are listening they want to connect with us because they know that, you know, they, they come into the show and they're like, well, John's going to do, he's going to share some random thing he's obsessed with. And then I have to find a way to tell him either I'm obsessed with it too, uh, or John needs to be shamed. And Travis, you don't know what that thing is yet. I haven't talked to you about it. So I'm saving that as a little, little bonus surprise. Um, but you know, uh, how I want you to make sure you can educate the listeners on that because otherwise they're, they're going to be lost. Well, uh, the good news is, is that there's plenty of ways to uh, let John know uh, whether he has taste or not. And you could do that first off by sending us an email to rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Slow down, Travis. You said that email and it's like, I, I need to hear it for emphasis. Uh, that's rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Wow. And we also have a Discord, the In Between Drafts Discord, which should be back online by the time this episode comes out um, so that you can actually pop back in and join us in all of the fun conversations we have all the time there, uh, not just about anime and manga, but about film, music, uh, games, and more. Uh, right now, we've been talking about our favorite Not One Piece series currently running in Jump, which is Vindication for me as a Sakamoto Days fan. Uh, mm -hmm. Read Sakamoto Days. It's very good. Yes, and uh, I'm still trying to find my Mishoku Tensei tribe. Uh, I, will try I will tell you, Travis, I... Um, one night novel away from being fully caught up. So I'm going to show you here. I have uh, number 23, which uh, I'm about to start. I'm almost done with 22. And then once I read 23, I'll be fully caught up. But you're right, Travis, uh, literally on August 24th. Yes, 24 is going to be out the English translation. You're right. Um, so I, I will just say I, in the last couple of weeks, I went from Mishoku Tensei, like yeah, I've seen a couple of episodes to I've watched the entire anime, read the entire manga, and now I've read almost all the light novels. You could make the argument, Travis, that I do, do I like Mishoku Tensei? I mean, you either like it or you hate it at this point, but that's, I think you've timed it. I think you've timed it so perfectly with this new release that you must like it enough to time it so that you will automatically have something more to read. There's something else that I want to tease at the end of like once we, we talk about the chapter that I have been reading and liking that is uh, well, we'll get to that. It's a little little bit like I said, a little bonus surprise. Uh, but for now, we should we should talk about the latest chapter of the One Piece manga, right? Uh, that is what we're here to do, as I understand it. Yeah, unless we yeah, I was about to say that we didn't change our minds. All right. Let's go through these main beats, Travis. And of course, 
I got, I got to know what you think of this thing generally. So, okay, like we said, it's called Kizaru. And the cover is another reader request. We're still, you know, moving along through those. Although this time it's uh, of our old, our old pal, Kuro. Um, you know, speaking of Japanese, Kuro is, uh, you know, black in English. And uh, we see him with, uh, fittingly, a, a black cat. You know, uh, yeah, we, we mentioned it would be a zoo earlier in their, in their reading. Um, I, I have to, I have to say this feels a little bit like the live actions coming out. You know, they're like they're trying to get in a little bit of, uh, you know, some teasing for, you know, hey, hey, Captain Kuro. He's uh, like, you know, like he's a thing. You know, you should be aware of him. Right. Uh, because he's like one of definitely one of the big One Piece villains that One Piece forgot. Like we have no idea what happened to him. Yeah. Well, he wanted to retire anyway. So Luffy was like, you want to retire? OK, bet. And that was it. Uh, it's go. funny. It's funny, though, because as, as you know, as you're in that little chat as well, uh, we finally have our editor in chief on the one piece train properly. Mm-hmm. And her only negative thought is that Kuro uh, would be banished to the Shadow Realm forever. <laughs> so it's, it's great timing for him to return now. That's right. Al- Ali Johnson is now past the Arlong arc, which means she is now Nakama as the prophecies foretold. And... There's no telling, you know, how far she's going to go with this. I I think we could be having a conversation this time next year uh, with Allie Johnson on the manga. I doubt it, but who, I mean, stranger things have happened, right? I mean, the way that she keeps saying she's going to catch up now, I mean, it could be next week. Well, not next week, but the week <laughs> after. Week. You get a bonus week, Allie. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take Quinn? Like two months? Basically, but he really did uh, not do anything. Uh, yeah. can't can confirm that so uh she's a little bit more responsible than that all right let's get into the chapter propter okay <laughs> chapter propter okay the chapter begins not with a yellow monkey but a monkey de luffy so he declares the gorsay over a transponder snail that he is the man who will be king of the pirates so we're picking up right where the last chapter left off with the straw hats jumping into the call between york and the five elders uh, Luffy, this is his first conversation with the Gorosei. He demands the Marines to leave the island. We see that uh, Big News Morgan, Vivi, and Wapple are also listening in on the call. Uh, just a reminder that Kizaru is on the call as well. Uh, we get our first uh, real, you know, back and forth between between Luffy and these guys. It's kind of amazing. Um, they try to get some intel from him on what's happening inside the dome. One of them overhears Nico Robin, or just hears a woman and assumes that that's Nico Robin. Uh, I guess they, they're just like, oh, it couldn't be Nami. But anyway, uh, privately, Saturn remarks to Doberman that everyone, Vice Admiral Doberman, excuse me, that everyone and everything there is disposable except for York, the punk records, brain, and the power plant that creates the mother flame. Uh, so they're essentially treating CP0 as disposable to Saturn even calls human beings insects. Very lovely. Uh, we catch up with Team Vegapunk inside the dome. See that Robin got injured during the Lava Face death game. We see Kaku got pretty injured as well. Uh, he went up against two Seraphim. And we see Lilith mourning the death of Shaka, Pythagoras, and Edison, even though we're told that Edison is alive and Lilith is just being a little ridiculous. Uh, we then see Lucci is secretly transmitting intel about who's dead and who's wounded to the Gorosei. He's almost caught by Kaku. Uh, and then we see the captured Cypherpole agents, and uh, they're locked up uh, still, uh, but they're feasting on some food thanks to Straw Hats. Remember, they were starving and hadn't eaten for a long time. Uh, the Seraphim have also been locked up inside these bubble balls that are made of 
sea energy, similar to the bubble shields used by the pacifista Mark Threes. So we learn from Frankie that S-Snake releases straw hats from her powers, but then we see in S-Snake's flashback that she she didn't do so because she was commanded, because she she fell in love with Luffy, just like the real Boa Hancock. Uh, Jimbei picks up on this. Vegapunk takes note of the how the cloning can be kind of quirky plus uh, and passed down from bloodlines, apparently. And plus, Luffy even thanks her directly. It's very nice. Magnanimous. Atlas then tells Vegapunk that they've restored the communication system in the uh, lab, but they can't get the Frontier Dome open still, which uh, prevents them from being able to escape. York points out that it's pointless because of an encryption code and the remaining satellites can't get it from her brain because they aren't synced to her anymore. And that prompts Lilith to threaten her. Stussy points out to Vegapunk that they're completely surrounded. And Vegapunk catches up with Nami about where they can go next based on the log post. And she says, or he says that the next island that they could have gone to, um, the other one in the log post, would be Elbaf, uh, which we already know because that's where Kid went. And that causes Luffy and Usopp to channel the aura of every One Piece fan reading this manga and fanboying out over uh, us finally going to see the Isle of Giants. Or will we? Who knows? Uh, Vegapunk and Frankie work out a plan to use the Vega Force 1 to launch the Sunny in the air over the Marines with the Sunny finishing the rest of its path using a coup to burst. Uh, so going about a kilometer. And Vegapunk gets a chance to bond with Frankie a little bit, learning about the benefits of cola. Very nice. Uh, that all leaves Vegapunk and Atlas to start hacking their way to getting the code out of York so they can shut down the dome. Uh, somebody in the Discord even pointed out this is a riffing off of uh, NCIS, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, meanwhile, Lilith, Frankie, Luffy, and Bonnie are sent to Vega, are sent by Vegapunk to move the Sunny around the back uh, so they can get ready for their escape and uh, they have to do it quickly before they bring the dome down because once the dome goes down they're going to be vulnerable to attack uh, we then cut over to kizaru who's meeting up with saturn and letting saturn know that he can bypass the frontier dome's lasers since he himself is made of light but first kizaru has to deal with Sentamaru. and even though saturn tells him to just ignore Sentamaru, kizaru strangely says that wouldn't be sporting and he wants to play this one by the book plus they have to worry about uh, the pacifistas uh, attacking their ships also the sea beasts as well so kizaru feels like he has to deal with Sentamaru first the marines mobilize as Luffy's group makes it to the Sunny, which is on Sky Island ground for some reason, and Luffy loves that. Uh, Kizaru uses a move we've seen him use before. It's called Sacred Yata Mirror. Uh, that's one of the ancient uh, treasures of Japan. We saw him use it in Sabadi, I think against Apu, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it lets him move at the speed of light through the mirrors on the island, uh, which brings him right over to Sentomaru on the full-on attack. Uh, Sentomaru sees his coming, sets off the pacifistas into battle, and then as Kizaru is attacking Sentomaru, Sentamaru declares that his defense is the world's greatest. And back at the Sunny, uh, a light is noticed below, and Luffy looks absolutely terrified and says, Someone is here, someone's strong. Break next week. And that was a lot. I, I left out plenty. Um, I think this is the part where Travis says, like, I'm surprised you put you mentioned so much. But uh Travis, is there anything I'm missing here that you just you're like, we gotta, we gotta, you know, we, uh, I, I, mean, I left something out? I mean, there's so much that we probably need to get into in the in the details this is a very dialogue heavy chapter yes um, compared to uh compared to a lot of action a lot of spreads over the past few chapters this is dense. it's very dense so i don't think you could have possibly covered everything in just a recap uh but i guess my first question is is what are your general thoughts 
coming back and then immediately bouncing off for another break. Does about this- Bonnie and Sanji? Yeah. So uh, I, I about- think that, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's tough, right? Because obviously I'm team pudding since, since way back. Everybody is uh, or should be. Um, Bonnie, you know, she she's in it just, you know, she, she calls him a good cook and a good fighter. I appreciate that she recognizes Sanji's strengths. I mean, as a Sanji fan myself, a Sanji, as we call ourselves, uh, we we definitely like we recognize that. Uh, yeah, you know, he's uh, Zoro wishes, you know, that he has the had the versatility of Sanji's skills because he's also a spy. Right. And, uh, you know, no better, you know explanation of that or showcase of that than his alabasta you know precursor arc right um so yeah i think that uh, i don't know how you feel travis but uh, i think bonnie recognizing uh sanji's strengths is great sanji only has eyes for stussy at the moment but i think that could change i i feel genuinely that that's not bonnie so i don't know how to ru- i don't know how else to ruin that for you but then go i guess this is where we discuss mystery number two because everybody is talking about it mystery number two what's that uh, uh, so we, we talked before about how we still don't have a Blackbeard ship accounted for and what they could be doing. And the, the talk around the community has been very much about some characters, quote unquote, acting out of turn, uh, almost as if maybe there's someone among them who isn't who they say they are. We already uh, went through this with York. We already went through this with the traitor. What are you talking about, Travis? Yeah, Another no, traitor? Ta- we're talking about a, a, a certain Catalina Devon uh, ah, here we go. Taking, us, taking us from a game of Mafia to a game of Among Us. <laughs> and uh, Bonnie seems to be the most obvious uh, culprit, but people have nitpicked uh, these different conversation panels. They think Robin yelling at Luffy to shut up on the phone uh was out of character i don't think she was yelling at him so i think that's just extrapolation some people think usop was a little bit too um on top of things for once and then but like you turn the page and he's excited to go to elbaf that's usop i'm sorry that's that's my boy that's exactly the reaction i would expect but do you think that we have already been infiltrated by the Blackbeard pirates in no. in this amount of time? No, no, by not not at all. No, I don't, I don't think that that's what's happening here. So, um, do you think? So, do you think Bonnie got over everything after crying it out? I think. I think that's. I, I, I'm just gonna wait. Um, because uh, look, I, I know I, I joked about this in the Discord. Some would say it wasn't a joke, and maybe it wasn't that uh, the powerful presence Luffy is sensing is cor- caribou. It only makes sense. Um, which I, I do. Wa- I do want to point out. It is a little sussy that uh, the caribou is un- still unaccounted for, and uh, I, I definitely just I don't want to close the book on that quite yet. I just I, I can't. It's like it's such a repeat. It's such a retreat. We already w- just went through this and. For it to be like a Blackbeard sort of like, what's the end game here? Like, what's the motive? Like, why would Katarina Devon? Like, I know we talked about this before about like how she probably would want to steal away Vegapunk, but this just seems like not a very smart way to do it. I'm still of the opinion that the whole Blackbeard pirates reaching the island thing maybe has more to do with uh, getting those researchers. Like, I know we speculated last time, but yeah, I just I just don't see it. I don't. If I had to try to put the plan together, I think the detail about York no longer being synced to punk records is an important detail. Uh, I think that's supposed to be dwelled on, not just because it means that it creates a situation where they have to kind of work against one of their own, but also it means if anyone gets a hold of York, it's game over, right? They Mm. no longer need anything else uh, because... 
she is disconnected from punk records can be just she has knowledge that hypothetically speaking no one else does and could easily be taken away from this point um so if i had to guess it's not even the main vega punk thereafter now maybe that was the plan originally uh but you know the blackbeard pirates love improv um they they all took improv in college and you know sounds like an easy way to change up the plan i mean york does definitely want to get away i'm Hmm. just saying couldn't it be that bonnie is just happy and bouncing back because she now knows that whatever happened to her dad is like maybe she found out that it's reversible maybe she found out that he's still in there somewhere and she's feeling like a a wave of determination i I feel like there's plenty of other explanations we could throw normally i would agree with you normally but it's because Luffy thinks it's weird. That's the thing that's a tip off for me. Luffy, you know, is he's an idiot. We know this. But what he's not is emotionally um, yeah, but- immature. He he know he can tell who people are pretty directly. And I remember way way back when we first mm-hmm. started this arc, I was noticing right from the jump that he was already calling Bonnie by her name. He's already making friends with her, like. Like right from the get go, he ha- he liked her as a person. Please do not make this a ship thing. Uh, but sure. but like he acknowledged her in a way that it takes many other characters to reach when it comes to Luffy. So for Luffy to then go, you're acting weird. That's that tips off the spidey sense for me. That's Luffy would not pick up on that if it was if it was not something we were supposed to go, okay, something's up here. Now you're right. It could be because we're still do some Kuma information. That's the only thing we have not checked in on yet, but it is a, we- regardless, it is a weird kind of 180 that we've got here. I don't find it as weird, but I think I, I think I know what's happening here. I think that you're now worried because you see like, oh, this is how, straw hat crewmates get collected and you're like i don't want it to be bonnie and this is your cope this is my cope (laughs) (laughs) i mean bonnie bonnie for crewmate let her in she she she'll fit in fine but she's a captain right like you're not gonna not anymore jim bay was a captain we come on jim bay let it go though he was a captain out of out of need he was always a captain. I mean, wasn't me. she? I mean, I, I don't know. It, it would it would be sort of fitting to have a, a former supernova along for the crew, now, along for the ride. Uh, now, where I will meet you there is we do know that Bonnie does have ties to the Blackbeard Pirates, right? And so if there was some sort of betrayal going on that she was behind and that's what's happening here, maybe, I, you know, I, I could see something where she's like secretly working with them and ha- like maybe there's something going on there. Uh, it's just the idea of her secretly being Katarina Devon. I just I don't feel it in my gut. That's it. And then, we'll see. And, you know, I mean, I would love to be wrong. I I'm would, writing I down the prediction. I'm writing it down. OK, so uh, Travis predicts that Bonnie is traitor Devon. John predicts no. So let's no, see what happens. No traitor specifically. Well, I said that there could be something going on between Bonnie and Blackbeard Pirates. You know, they have a connection. And there, there could be something going on. I, I do think that she could, like, you know, be doing a Rob Lucci and, like, communicating with them. And they're like, we'll help you out with this gal. And she's like, you got it. Um, and she's, like, trying to butter up Luffy. I don't know. Um, like, she's putting on a performance, maybe. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. We also got a lot of stuff in here just across the board. I mean, do we want to talk about Sanamaru, our guy? Um, I would love to because then we could talk about Kizaru. Kizaru and Sanamaru. Well, with Kizaru, we got a little bit more insight into his justice, right? 
he kind of because I would have assumed before this that he just would have like ignored Centimar. Who cares? Um, because he just seems like that lazy justice guy, right? He's just going to do his job as quickly as he can, but he doesn't. What, what do you make of that? Because I know he and Centimar have a, a history, you know. Um, I, he doesn't strike me as somebody who would really care about, you know, the the consequences of just bypassing Centimar and leaving the the fleet to deal with him on their own. What, what do you feel like you're getting a read on what Kizaru is really about? Are we going to get like a Kizaru backstory that explains him like in more detail? Maybe, you know, I'm really curious about it because, you know, we know he is many, many times just thrown his hands up and gone. Um, you know, I'm just following orders, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing yeah. my job. Don't blame me. I'm just here. But like he's given a direct order by the, the only person who could give him a higher direct order. Mm. And he's having a kind of casual conversation with the guy. He's he's like, you know, I'd really like to do this. And he has, you know, he, he even has some, you know, strategic logic to it, which is, you know, pretty fair. Honestly, he, he's got a pretty strong point. Like he's like, hey, we're going to take heavy losses if I just abandon this and leave these guys to their devices. Like it's just if we don't do this right, we're going to lose a bunch of people and you know that's revealing about saturn as well but uh, i i do think it's interesting that of all the times for kizaru to question an order or offer any kind of feedback it's now and that does that does pretty much have to mean it's because he knows Centimaro. He knows that this is an issue of conviction um and maybe even a little bit of honor and pride which is just weird coming from my guy here hmm yeah, it, it is weird. Yeah, because Pride isn't usually the thing. We know that he is one of the older admirals. I think he's younger than Fujitora, but older than like Akainu. Uh, he's older than, uh, you know, Kuzan before, you know, when Kuzan was part of the admirals. And he's just always sort of had that personality, just sort of, you know, he he's made of light. You know, he just kind of like goes where he needs to, his sort of like laid backness. Uh, yeah. It's always been interesting, though, that like maybe there's something else going on with him because it, we kind of got that, too, from Kuzan. When we first met Aokiji, he was like kind of just like napping, like, eh, whatever, dude. Um, and and now it's a little bit of a different story. But I, I, I guess if there's one thing that I could see happening, because I don't think Sentomaru is going to be able to hold him off a long time. I mean, how could he? Uh, there's been a lot of talk, too, about like, you know, Sentomaru's banged up. He's injured. How is he going to be able to to last? Um, and also with uh, with uh, I guess with with uh, Lucci, that was more of a sneak attack, right? So that that was a big reason why he got hurt. But with Kizaru, like he knows how Kizaru fights. He knows a lot about him. He knows his weaknesses. He saw that attack coming, right? Do you think that he can hold his own? And if so, for how long? I I don't think it's for long. I think you know this is more or less to set up something where we do get like a flashback we got that one panel but i think we're due for an actual proper look maybe you know maybe just during the battle maybe it you know nested within a chapter and then we move on um but it, it's the right kind of thing for luffy to look down and see Sentamaru go down again and have him be like oh no axe guy he's my friend now what are you doing uh, but also it kind of just, you know, yeah, you know, for lack of a better term, it power skills Kizaru back up, be like, like, no, you're not just going to be able to, to tank him. He's he's efficient when he wants to be. Yeah. And since you mentioned it, it 
it's certainly been a bit of the talk of the town of like, okay, how powerful is he really? And, you know, is he the one that Luffy's referring to? Uh, because the panel makes it look like that's he, Luffy's talking about Kizaru because of the light. And he says someone's here. You could be overly literal about it and be like, well, it's not really here, right? Like Luffy's pretty far away from where that fight is happening. Is it an observation and hockey thing? Is him is he referring to here as in like he's like on the island? I, I'm a little bit, you know conflicted about what that could mean and also i'm a little conflicted about what happens in a fight between luffy and kizaru um you know who wins in that fight obviously i think our boy has all the plot armor he needs but that's not an easy fight for luffy to just kind of gear five it up and then go all out against kizaru is just logistically would be very difficult uh also kizaru i think would be pretty ruthless uh in a fight like that where he knows that he can't go easy on luffy so i i just i have this feeling that i I could be totally wrong because we we got like a skirmish right between luffy and luchi so like maybe we'll get the same thing here where it's just a skirmish like it's it's like a quick clash or i guess in that case luffy did manage to finish that fight um but it just wasn't a big deal it wasn't like a big boss fight it was just more sort of like luffy toying around do you think we're just not going to get a kizaru fight at all i'm i'm kind of like wavering here so I'm still of the mind that something is going to go wrong mm-hmm. to create a situation where we're more in a siege mode than we are right now. Um, to, to address the final panel thing, I know people really want to read into this and everything, but what's the chapter title? <laughs> it's, yeah. it, yeah, it's, it's, it's supposed to be clear. Um, I do think that the big difference when it comes to observation hockey is intent. Um, you know, there is there's a moment if you think back to the shanks and kid fight for example there is a moment where kid goes from being a nuisance in shanks's eyes to being a legitimate threat and that changes his entire demeanor it is entirely feasible that that's what we're dealing with here is the admiral who beat the straw hat pirates because he did that happened uh, is now here. He's here with that same level of threat, if not more so. Um, it's I. I mean, the I question mean, is: is how fast does Luffy run into that fight? That's yeah. the real question. Well, you can you can make the argument that I mean, because you have to remember that Luffy and Co. Like they didn't know that an admiral was here. They don't. They obviously don't know about Saturn. To them, this was just like an oversized Buster call. And they had no reason to believe that they were up against one of the strongest in the world. So you could you could make the argument there that like this is a genuine reaction from Luffy. He's been taking this pretty lightly so far. He's been feeling overconfident because he's in such a he's in a good position. He feels confident in his abilities. He feels like he's got a great group around him. But up against an admiral, I mean, I, I can see it's, that it's a shaking situation. The, the game. Yeah. It's a Sabody situation all over again. It um, is. And, and, and to Luffy's credit, too, he has he has matured. He's grown as a person. So when Luffy shows concern, it's not necessarily a concern for himself. He's not going, oh, I'm shaking in my boots because I can't beat this guy. He's going, oh, there's a guy who can light my ship on fire. Exactly. Yeah. Down, you know, down there. There's a guy who Heard could, his friends. 
hurt my friends very quickly and has in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he like there's different levels of what that could mean. So, I, you know, again, I feel like the desire to power scale kind of overwhelms people when it comes to this stuff. I, I would love to finally see a fight with an admiral go down, though. I think yeah. now would be a good time, even if it's not like a full scale, like arc ending, like big fight where we build to a big punch. I think it's time to at least set the stakes and have Luffy kind of really put them on the back foot. I guess what I really want is I want something to happen that forces Saturn to reveal himself. <laughs> That's <laughs> really what I want. Not necessarily Kazaru to lose, but something that forces Saturn to step forward and actually have Luffy be face-to-face with these people who know so much about him. I mean, you're way far ahead of me because the, I, even before that, I just want to see Kizaru make... Uh, his sword of light and bring that up against the axe. I, I just want my Dragon Ball Z content here, Travis. Yeah, I guess the question is because uh, this is going to get into a little bit of the non-canon stuff, but we've seen uh, we've seen Sanji kick Kizaru before. Kizaru, uh, because well, we've always, he's always been stacked up against Sanji because his right. main way to fight is by kicking. So in like the Admiral matchups, you know, that's so, that's usually how it's gone down. So should this even be a Luffy fight? Should this be a Sanji fight? I mean, he can, win, he can win Bonnie's heart properly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think Sanji's there yet. Uh, I think I think he can hold his own. I think he can hold off uh, a big attack like that because you have to remember Sanji is like what a little bit better than Queen at this point. And do we think that Queen really would stand a chance against? Um, I, I mean, Kizaru doesn't even want to mess with Ben Beckman, and for good reason. I mean, I think Ben Beckman would just like eat queen's lunch oh for sure personally oh for sure um i mean to be fair to be fair i think that sanji is uh i I think he did win that fight pretty handily he was pretty like tired going into that fight and it was a it was more of a question of him worried about going all out messing with his humanity so you could you could look into that as like yeah sanji is maybe a little op at the moment actually um this this is he's definitely he's definitely leveled up a bunch can I throw a Zoro theory at you that has no setup? Of course. Um, what makes Zoro so strong? I'm working on this theory. It's still a little baby theory. I have this feeling that the way that Zoro has gotten strong and the connection between him and his sword is uh, is like similar to the idea of like his sword is like almost like consuming the people that. Uh, he fights not consuming them literally but like whenever he beats somebody it's almost sort of like an exp thing and then zero has been getting super strong from winning all of his fights since not losing to mihawk are you are you coming to me and you're saying that this whole time the wado ichimonji is like the highlander sword it's kind of it i just have this feeling that that's where this is headed where it's like the the way the cursed swords work, Edma in particular, the way it eats his hockey, like if it's eating the hockey of the people that he fights. And that's why he just like levels up the way he does, because we got like a detailed explanation for Sanji's like abilities. Why wouldn't Oda do that with Zoro? I know that it kind of eats away from, you know, the whole thing with Zoro was like his hard work, you know, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on the, the missing pieces, but I wanted to throw that at you unprompted. You know what? If uh, if a Scottish man shows up on Elbaf to talk to Zorro about the quickening, then, then I'm, you know, I'm all for it. There, there's actually another thing that kind of uh, is what made me think of this, but uh, I'll get to that at the end. Um, I will check in with you. Um, 
we did bypass a whole bunch of stuff here. A uh, lot of stuff going on, like in the dome itself, everybody chatting away. I, I mentioned it already, but I love that moment between Vegapunk and Frankie. Frankie finally getting a chance. I was worried we weren't going to get Frankie and Vegapunk just chilling, you know, and, and swapping notes. Uh, just like Vegapunk's reaction to the cola. just uh, It made me want to drink some cola. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, all, all the little moments here are pretty nice. Uh, we do have to get to the to the Lucci stuff. Before before we get to the Lucci stuff, anything that you wanted to throw out? Uh, I did want to point out that once again, we have a situation where Usopp is considered the savior of a bunch of people. Um, what are you referring to there? Oh, uh, the, when, when the he calls down the Cyberpol agents. Once, yeah. once again, God Usopp uh, delivers his blessings to people. Well, they don't, they don't think Usopp, right? They think the Straw Hats. Right, but... But it's, you know, he called down. They, they knew. He's uh, like, hey, how you guys doing? It's me, God Usopp. I don't just, know. Just it, checking in. I'm not with you on that part of the journey. <laughs> I think, I, I think you're, you're stretching a little bit there. Yeah. I think the Usopp fandom is getting to your head. I don't blame you. Just but. just just a, just a little bit. No, um, I do think it's interesting, though, that, uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, uh, Saturn has absolutely no value on the lives of these uh, of all of these cypher pole agents down yeah. here. Uh, but, you know, Luffy did feed them. Just saying. Just, you know, I, I think at this point, anything that is happening on the island, anything on the island could be a wild card. Your eyes should always, you're right. And your eyes should always perk up when food is involved because it's such a thing. It's, so, it's something that Oda always feels so strongly about. Uh, food gets brought up a lot in this chapter, like Bonnie and, and Luffy being like, what are we going to eat on the ship? You know, like stuff like that. And like, you know, we have York and Bonnie to like legit gluttons. And then Luffy, obviously our King glutton. It's uh it, it, it's interesting. I, I don't know if, if Oda is trying to do something like with the Egghead Island arc related to food here, or if he's just sort of like indulging in his usual tricks. Uh, probably the latter, but uh, Lucci. So Lucci is sneaking intel to the Gorose. And I've seen a lot of people talking about what this might mean. A lot of people being like, well, you know, maybe he's giving the Gorosei some false intel. Uh, you know, we, we, do, we do see that he's kind of telling them things that are true. But uh, maybe, maybe I, I don't know, it feels like cope. It feels like people are like, he's going to he's gonna betray CP0. He's going to betray the world government. And like, honestly, it, you know, Teching brought this up uh, in his video. And I, I agree with Teching on it. And that is Rob Lucci. He's a lot like Fukuju. Uh, what was his name? Fukuju, Fukuju from uh, Wano. The the Obi Wan or Oni. I can't. These names, Travis. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> the ninja leader guy with the big earlobes that Nell would blush at. Uh, he went down, you know, with Orochi. Uh, even though Orochi, like, he had no reason to be loyal to Orochi at all. You know, there was nothing but treachery there, but he just stayed with the path because like he tied his identity to it and he just could not betray them out of this weird principle, no matter what they did to him. And that's kind of what I get from Lucci. I just get that he's a a wayward soul who will just constantly, you know, it's like a it's like a toxic abuse sort of thing. And then he, you know, takes part in. Um, But what's what's your read on that? No, I think I agree. I, I I was never really on board with the Rob Lucci goes rogue thing too much, uh, only because he's already gone back once. I think it's pretty clear where his um, heart is at for, you know, for lack of whatever is beating blood through his body. Um, 
And and of course he's a narc. Of course he is. He he. The only reason he has done any of this was for um, the purposes of his own mission. You know he wants a shot at Stussy. You know he wants another shot at Luffy. Like this is this is exactly what I would expect to happen. The, the, the only thing that I find worrisome is that none of the extremely smart people in the room seem to care that he's right there again yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, weird to me it's weird to me that like robin doesn't have anything to say about this i guess is you know like robin you know vegapunk not being like oh you know we should probably check out these two cp not uh, cp zero folks and uh make sure they don't have like any transponder snails anything that might give us this you know it's i'm not you know necessarily expecting vegapunk to be a tactical genius but that one just it, it seems kind of weird, right? Like, yeah, it, it feels, they're just it, letting it happen. It's weird in how it's unaddressed, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. In fact, I'd be pretty grateful if we got more Robin and Lucci content in the next chapter. Uh, just something to sort of establish. Yeah, you're right. How she feels about this situation. It is. It's a bit weird. Um, so no, I think I think we're in total agreement there. Hey, that really needs to be resolved because I think Kaku it makes sense because he just kind of goes along to get along. But I think at this point, I mean, I think the guy's just done. I, I really get that feeling from him. If anyone's going to betray uh, along with uh, Stussy, I, I think it's going to be him. Um, permission to speak freely? G- granted, question mark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody out here, everybody's like, Elbaf, Elbaf, Elbaf. I don't care about Elbaf. We're going there, fine, sure. I I don't mind. I'm okay with going to Elbaf. For me, that's not the hype. That's not when I'm reading this chapter. I'm not like, oh, whoa, Elbaf. Like I'm like, whatever. We've been there before. Uh, it's fine. They'll they'll go have fun. There's gonna be meat that's huge, and Luffy's gonna try to eat it. It'll be adorable. Here's what got me hyped, Travis. Um, Vivi heard Luffy's voice. On the snail, and she and she and Wapple are there, and it's like, oh, Vivi's back in the story. That's my hype. Like, I, I, I would take ten Vivi reunions over a single, or over a hundred Elbaf. I'm, I'm visits. so, I'm so glad you brought this up because one, I'm not convinced we're going to Elbaf, uh, but for two, um, this seems big enough, right? This seems like big enough story for Big News Morgans to turn that ship around. You know mm. what I mean? And maybe, I don't know, go to Egghead. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> you know saying, what I it, mean? Having having them thrown into the story next, it just it would warm my heart and then some. And I know that we're we're in the Sabadi kind of vert like parallel at the moment. We've mentioned it. What's next? Uh, Amazon Lily. Okay, yeah, sure. Well, we got a little bit of S snake in here. I don't know. We tie that off. Impel down. And what happens with Impel down? Crocodile, crocodile, VV. Uh, am I stretching? Uh, past villains. Uh, you know, uh, some kind of jailbreak. Uh, Luffy gets captured, and then uh, big news. Morgan. I don't know. I'm, sure. I'm just. Th- I'm wildly speculating. Nothing. This is going to happen. But I'm just pr- trying to point out the fact that VV needs to. VV needs to get back in the show. Oh, yeah. And she needs to scold Luffy for threatening to kill someone. <laughs> she was <laughs> mortified. It was great. Really, Luffy? <laughs> really? Like, really? Dr. Vegapunk. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's trying to talk a big game. I, I, I can't wait for that to be animated, too, because it's going to sound so childish. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be great. Um, yeah. No, I think this is I think this is intentionally like, hey, Vivi is going to be moving at the very least, like making some sort of movement and you know, she has a vested interest in reconnecting with Luffy. 
uh, more so than she even knows. Uh, Morgan's has a story he could absolutely chase. Wapole, nobody cares what Wapole wants. So let's do it. Let's fly that's, on over. You're right. That's who Luffy senses. It's not Kizaru. It's Vivi. We did it. <laughs> that would be i would lose my hat oh my goodness <laughs> yeah i could just see you just eating a straw hat uh right there um luffy talks to the gorsei we we sort of cross that milestone really unceremoniously i guess uh, i mean i don't know depending on how you look at it but he he tells them he's gonna be king of the pirates it should be a huge moment it's it's not not a huge moment. It it does feel a little bit anticlimactic, though, I think is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it feels just sort of something like we're kind of getting out of the way. Like, it doesn't have that same sort of like, you know, Usopp or Soga King shoot down that flag. It just it doesn't have that same bam kind of feel to it, you know? I think I think it's appropriate. Not necessarily that it's not anticlimactic, but I do think it's it's appropriate because it's important to remember, like, the reason this is such a big deal is that this is the first time, if I'm going to be entirely honest, this is probably the first time Luffy has ever been paying enough attention yeah. to even know that there are five elders to begin with. And I it, think, like, you know what? The anime is probably going to make a bigger to do of it. It's probably going to be way more oh, dramatic. Yeah, the the, the, the they're going to drag that out for half an episode, and he's going to say the line, and it's going to be to be continued, and then it'll, it'll come back. That's how it'll know, That's how it'll happen. But, There's going to be like a whole like montage of something where like Luffy's just like, "Hello, this is Monkey D. Luffy," and it's going to be like Annie's lobby. It's going to flash all that. It's going to be it's going to be something oh, else. Oh yeah, they'll they'll make it a big moment, but like. These kind of things are big moments for us, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it should become a big moment for someone who doesn't know that it should be. And so th for, for most of the Straw Hats, they don't even have the frame of reference for how much deep crap they're in yet. It's not until probably the end of the chapter uh, that the stakes start to become real to them. And, uh, you know, you know let, let's be honest. He doesn't care. It was like, whatever, you know, once he finds out that these guys hurt Sabo, then then, you know, we're mm. going to start having, you know, they find out Cobra is dead. He learns the stuff about Vivi, uh, you know, or again, Saturn comes out of the boat and does something drastic. Like there are plenty of ways to get Luffy to that point, but you're not going to you're not going to go to him and say, these are very important people, Luffy. He's going to go, I don't give a crap. I, I've only got one thing to say to you, and it's the same thing that I say to everyone. I'm going to be king of the pirates. <laughs> and, you know, we should not, by the way, gloss over, you know, speaking of things that I feel like have kind of been undersold, maybe the Seraphim, they had very specific orders, right? And Esnick, she ended up, do, you know, going against those orders for Luffy. And it's sort of treated as like a joke of like, ah, she has a crush on Luffy, just like the real Bo Hancock. Okay. There's something to that, isn't there? Because if the Seraphim do have that capacity, like something could overwhelm or overpower their programming, that could be huge. I mean, that could be like a big, big game changer, uh, especially because not even just with the Seraphim, uh, but if that happens elsewhere with uh, S Flamingo and like uh, S gecko i don't i don't even remember uh what we were going to call that one uh because yeah we still have three other uh the three others right where are they again where do we see them Mary uh well we saw them it was kind of in a flashback they were being used by the marines so yeah, i don't, I don't know where they are but th i think there is i think more than anything we have fundamental con like confirmation 
is that whereas the pacifistas are robots, they're terminators, the seraphim are not. The seraphim have consciousness. They Mm -hmm. have the ability to feel things and think things and take actions for themselves. They're sentient. That's a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to that effect, I mean, we've gotten plenty of clues about that, right? We've gotten clues uh, to the effect of, you know, uh, Zorro being like, oh, yeah, it's, there was actually some humanity in S-Hawk's eyes compared to Mihawk, you know, so it's not totally off left field there. Um, all right. So <sighs> plenty of other stuff. Uh, there's not too much else I wanted to get into. I mean, I thought the bubble the sea prism bubbles or whatever were kind of interesting. I'm sure that'll come into play later. Um, Stussy is still in the mix, but you know, there's everybody's just doing so much. There's not like a lot of like big moments that people have here. I'm glad that Jim Bay got a line at least. Um, I, I saw some sentiment around this and I totally agree. Just kind of seeing uh, Luffy and Usopp kind of like dancing around and goofing off and stuff. I've really missed that. Like when that was more common, uh, particularly pre-time skip, you know? And so I was just kind of happy to see that. I wish we'd gotten more fun, just Straw Hats being Straw Hats content in between arcs. And especially with like how long we've been away from the Straw Hats, uh, it was kind of nice. I was going to, it was kind of cool to the effect of like even, um, there's that, by the way, that quick moment I'm just catching again where like Stussy is like looking at Rob Lucci. <laughs> it's like, don't give me that look. Uh, I, yeah. It's just so weird that he's, that they're just sort of like cool with him walking around free, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably come back to bite them, right? They'll, they'll feel stupid about it later. I don't know. Maybe they have a plan. Maybe they're just sort of like, ah, oh, if he betrays us, uh, well, you have a, they're prepared for it. I don't know. Maybe they want him leaking information and they knew he would. And that's how they'll, you know, they'll be like, ah, ha ha. You do dummy. You big idiot. Um, and I do think a lot of it is it, it, it actually, you know what, you know, what's the weirdest thing about it. Luffy said in that one panel, he's just like, you better not attack my friends because you know, you can't beat me. And then he leaves and he, and who's going to fight him now? I mean, I know Zoro could handle it, I guess, but, and Sanji's there, but I don't know. I don't think Luffy would do anything since he's surrounded and he's not going to be able to defeat everybody, but he can kill people like he's a an assassin so if anyone brings him down i guess it would have to be sussy because she would uh, see it coming yeah i mean at the end of the day if there's anything that's going to disrupt the ability to leave again there's a lot of wild cards running around we have yeah. multiple cypher pull agents we have a blackbeard ship docked somewhere that no one has noticed that's weird um centamaru hmm. we don't really know the, the scope of his abilities you know how long he can hold off like there's so many different things where like just a roll of the dice could radically change the stakes here and i, I think that's a part of what makes this really exciting but also kind of makes it really annoying that we keep going on breaks and we've been jumping around and not coming back to this uh so it's really hard to get a read on what is even going on yeah that's everything i had uh was there anything else you wanted to to chat about before we go into the next episode of john's obsessed with trash uh no we could we could go dumpster diving that's fine dumpster diving um i hope you have something too um just because i i I don't like to be in the dumpster alone that's obvious um but all right that is chapter 1090 we'll be back uh i think uh, we'll be doing chapter 1091 next break or next week is a break and then we should be getting another one i don't know what the schedule is like after that but i mean this is pretty normal for the summer uh we lots of breaks going on this time of year 
but hopefully we'll be getting into a more normal schedule soon. And uh, we haven't decided on what we're going to do for the break uh, yet. Uh, there's a couple things we were tossing around. We were off last week. We decided to take a break because uh, just the scheduling wasn't quite working out. But uh, we, we have some time. Travis, I feel like we have a couple of good ideas that we put out there uh, with Allie, and then we should be putting something together soon. Um, I won't tease anything, so I don't want to say we're going to do something and we don't do it. That'd be sad. But good right. call. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I tell you about what I've been reading? Yes, by all means. Have you ever heard of Berserk of Gluttony? No. Okay. Light novel. It's a dark fantasy. It's not an isekai, but it has isekai traits. Um, it's like an isekai without the isekai. Um, it's like, what if, you know, he wasn't reincarnated? He wasn't just sent there. He's just there. Uh, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Uh, so it's dark fantasy. Uh, it's from Ichika Ishiki, who I don't know uh, any of his previous work. Um, I'll, I'll double check on that because uh, I just might be forgetting his name or something or, or their name. But uh, so Berserk of Gluttony is a light novel. Uh, I believe it has eight volumes out. Uh, there is a manga. I haven't checked it out yet. Uh, but one of the reasons, uh, actually, I didn't know this while going to, one of the reasons I went into it is because I knew I was running out of time on Mishoku Tensei and I was like, I gotta, I gotta find something else to tie me over. Right. But there is going to be an anime adaptation coming in October. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to explain this to you. I know Travis, when I said Berserk of Gluttony, you're like, finally, John's watching Berserk <laughs> or, or reading Berserk or something, I, right? I am, I am not the guy to be saying that. I'll tell you that. You're not the Berserk fan? <laughs> I'm not the Berserk fan. I don't know if, who, do we know anyone who is? I, I don't, I know a few people, but not in the in-between drafts cool. world. Well, uh, so Quinn has started reading it. Um, okay. I warned him to pace himself. He did not, uh, quickly learned his lesson there. Uh, but uh, I can give you a little content preview. Sure. Uh, one of our writers will be reading Berserk, ch like chapter to chapter, and will be giving us regular reports um, in written form about their thoughts. Um, okay. And, um, it will be Kayla, who's been on the podcast before, and I'm very excited about it because, uh, and this is going to probably get me canceled in the anime community, <laughs> but you always hear people tell you, like, Berserk's great, you need to sit down, you need to watch Berserk, it's worth all the... M misery and uh you know a, a recurring theme that i find with those is that it's always men so i'm very curious to see what uh what her reactions are going to be to some of that series but mm. uh continue with this this sounds much more uh or i guess less um controversial <laughs> all right sure uh so berserk of uh, gluttony um it originally came out it, the japanese version came out in uh 2017 and then it's really picked up uh the the english release dates um since 2020 and i just picked up the first volume here's the setup okay so your main character his name is fate graphite don't worry it doesn't get any more creative from there but uh so his whole deal is that he's uh, level one. He has it, it, it's like a video game world, um, but not video games. You get it. Uh, but he he's level one. All of his stats are one. Right. And in this world, I mean, a, a person like with real power is like hundreds of thousands in the stats. Uh, at one point, he's getting beat up by somebody who's a, a holy knight who is his employer. And he describes like the gap in power between them is like the sun and like a candle that's about to like blow out. So that's the kind of person he is. And the reason he's so weak is because everybody in this world has like a skill um, that's like 
you know, you like into a video game. So like some people have skills where they can, uh, you know, like, uh, they can regenerate health over time or they get like boost to their stats temporarily, stuff like that. His skill that he was born with is gluttony, uh, which just means that he's hungry all the time. And so everybody hates him. Uh, he gets kicked out of his village because he's considered useless. He eats a ton, but he doesn't like put any, you know, he doesn't work hard. He doesn't, he's not, he's useless. Everyone just believes that he's useless. Uh, so he has this like dead end gatekeeping job. He's like attacked and hurt all the time and abused by everybody. But he then once, uh, one day he is looked favorably upon by one of the holy knights who's actually good uh, and lives up to the name. Uh, her name is Lady Roxy. Uh, for all you Mishoku Tensei fans, yes, it is confusing reading both of these light novels at the same time. But she uh, she takes pity on or takes mercy on him, is very kind to him, saves his life, and uh, he tries to return the favor to her. Uh, sees that a bandit is uh, escape is like sneaking into the city when she didn't notice, and he wants to make sure she doesn't get in trouble. So he helps her stop these bandits, even though he's not strong at all. Uh, but then one of the bandits is already about to die, and then he just happens to finish them off. And when that happens his gluttony skill actually activates. And basically what that means is that when he beats somebody, he takes all of their stats and their skills onto himself. So all of a sudden he realizes that he actually is like OP, but uh, he then has to kind of like go on this um, very difficult sort of descent into darkness because it's a power that like corrupts his soul, but he's also a very magnanimous, humble guy. Um, there are a lot of like rules and limitations to what he can do. It's just a really like it's a very standard kind of light novel format, but it's very fun. Like I, I read Travis probably eight or nine light novel samples to get to this one um, where I was just kind of getting into them. And I was like, all right, they're getting some into another world. OK, because I, I, I was telling you this uh, off the air. I've been really enjoying the light novel format just as a fun, like, you know, passing the time uh, and not having to wait you know, months and months for manga to catch up things. And uh, th when I got to this one, I knew right away, I was like, okay, this one has juice to it. There's a lot of really interesting things about the world. It's trash. It's very trashy, uh, but not in a super aggressive way. It's, it doesn't have a lot of the same like weirdness that Mishoku Tensei has where it's like, well, he's, he's a pervert and we got to do all that stuff. Uh, it's actually way more wholesome and it's got some slice of life elements to it than you would expect from something like this, except for the fact that he is like, kind of like he wears a skull mask and he has this like evil alternate identity and and the thing that makes him interesting he kind of has the peter parker effect where he has to kind of hide what's special about him because it will cause a lot of problems for him so he can't go around you know boasting about how strong he is and unlike something like i got a cheat skill in other world and now i'm unrivaled in the real world too there are like actual like limits to what he can do. And you actually kind of feel some tension and you feel a little bit of like, he's constantly making deals with the devil. And sometimes the devil is himself. Um, I'm very stoked. I know there's a, there's a trailer already out for the anime. I haven't seen it yet, but I've been reading this and I've been like, man, this is this scene here would be so cool to watch in an anime. I hope they do it justice. Uh, it's going to be on Crunchyroll, And I think it's, uh, I think it's licensed by Crunchyroll. So we'll see how that goes. That's going to be in October, but um, I'm a fan. It's good. Good stuff. Hey, we, we got through a light novel pitch without you having to uh, try to justify it too hard. So that's that's good. We're improving. We're, yeah, we're I'm moving not, up the quality ranks here. I, hey, I mean, I'm almost through the first volume, and, it, and it's kind of like with Mishoku Tensei, where like, I, I'm not 
and also domestic girlfriend. Like I, I read these things, I get into these. It takes a while for them to get their claws in me. You know what I mean? And that doesn't always happen. But uh, it could happen with this. I don't know. I'm, I'm really like. I think it's it's kind of got some like romantic comedy stuff to it too, which I'm just like, mm, this thing is just like hitting on every level that I want um, because there is this sort of like. He's like clearly devoted to this lady Roxy character. Uh, she's extremely like powerful and she likes him for him and doesn't even realize how powerful he really is. But like, that's not really what kind of brings them together. And like, there's a lot of this where they're just kind of like hanging out and like they find a lost kid and they try to get him back to his mom. And you're just like, this is kind of nice and sweet. And then he's just like, all right, I got to go murder some goblins so that I don't get so hungry that I, I big mom myself into a frenzy. And that that is like kind of like what I was mentioning before is like the rules of how his sword works is his sword is sentient. That's what kind of got me thinking. I was like, man, that would fit a lot of what we've seen with Zoro. And so that's kind of like where that theory started to percolate a little bit. I was like, I wonder if that's what Oda has in mind. Because I know this is something that uh, other light novels and manga and stuff have done before, but like swords kind of are alive and like they they eat like the people that they kill and stuff like that. I'm not going to do the Mihawk sword theory again. Don't worry. But uh, like the Mihawk is a sword. But no, I think um, I, I think it'd be kind of cool if uh, there was something kind of related to that happening with the Zoro character. But I uh, wanted to be clear about where that came from because... You know, I'm sure uh, I, I'm curious if anybody in, our, in the, the Discord has ever checked this one out. I think it's a, an easy one to recommend for sure. I, I don't know if anyone else in the Discord reads light novels. Uh, I haven't seen anything in the comic manga section. I guess we don't really have a light novel section or channel, but uh, who knows? Maybe maybe one day. Oh, you know, maybe we need to look into that. Uh, let us know uh, when <laughs> I'm you're not in the alone. Discord. Yeah, let us <laughs> let us know. Um, all right. Well, I will I will meet you at your trashy level uh, Here we go. today is it is it uh, another is, kind of isekai fantasy kind of thing n- no <laughs> no oh, man um but uh but it is it is trashy um it's actually something i've been reading for a little bit and just haven't confessed out loud the bible um the bible <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you oh, about boy. abraham do not, <laughs> do not get me started we'll be here all night uh but um did you know they make a manga bible now i'm about to start okay oh, anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> Anyway, um, no, I have been purchasing uh, a manga series for some time now um, called uh, Gigant. Gigant. Uh, it is by Hiroyu Oku. Uh, he did Gantz and some other things. Um, Inushiki, I believe he, he did. The premise of this manga, though. I've seen this at uh, the bookstore. I'm sure you have. <laughs> It's yeah. hard to miss the covers. The cover is very provocative. We'll say they it that are. Way. They are, and you know what? They're not selling you a lie. Uh, so <laughs> the protagonists of this manga, one of them, discovers that a porn star lives in his neighborhood. Um, she's a couple of years older than him. He's still in high school, and he ends up befriending her because. Basically, everyone else in her life shuns her for her work. Um, yes, she really does look like that. And uh, people are going to Google this now. I feel terrible. Um, <laughs> and after inadvertently uh, rescuing her from her abusive boyfriend, um, he kind of cries his way into an illicit relationship with her. And then one day, a man in a uh, a man in a ha- in a helmet and a diaper. Uh, gets hit by a car in front of the porn star, and he puts a and in his final moments, affixes a, a a watch to her wrist, 
that gives her the ability to grow to kaiju sizes uh, at will. Um, Makes sense. And because of the kind of manga it is, the clothes do not grow with her. And a website starts appearing and uh, starts basically trying to end the world through votes by uh, punks on the internet, starts unleashing things like disasters and monsters. And uh, so uh, Japan is defended by a naked porn star. And there are obviously domino effects from doing this, and that's kind of what it's about. And I really can't defend this. This manga has to be wrapped in shrink wrap when it's put on a shelf. Yeah, this um, is way trashier than mine, this Travis. Is You're out trashing me again. This is significant. It is, <laughs> it is absolutely lewd, and it is not afraid of that at all. And what is fascinating about this very stupid premise is that in between all of this plot that I've given you is so much focus on just these two people, what they mean to each other, what they're like when they're apart, just kind of silently with them. If you, I don't know if you've actually watched all of Chainsaw Man, but if you've seen the scene in Chainsaw Man that they added, um, it was an anime only uh, edition, but it's like, two and a half minutes of just following Aki through his morning routine. There's no dialogue. There's no internal oh, yeah, thoughts. It's such a good, there are pages of this across the series and it's kind of amazing to see something so trashy, take those quiet moments and actually like try to make you linger with them. I'm not trying to tell you that this is like elevated material. It's, it is still very much about a porn star who becomes giant woman. Um, and that is a thing for people. It is, it's a manga with a very problematic relationship at its center. And I wouldn't even say that, that the older woman is the one at fault, uh, when it comes to this relationship and what makes it problematic. Um, there is, you know, it's it's very clear that the, the manga publisher knows what they've what they've got on their hands and like what's really attractive about it. But at the same time, there's something just weirdly compelling about this bizarre situation and seeing the humanity that kind of pe peeks through it. Um, and so I can't stop reading it. Um, I will defend garbage all day long. This is why ultimately I can't like I, I can't get on your case for reading trashy light novels, because at the end of the day, um, you know, so will I. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So <laughs> Who among will us, I. right? Who among us? Well, you know, Travis, I am going to read this right away. Don't worry. Um, and what we can share in this, you know, gigantic uh, trash fire together. And uh, yeah, I will not be buying it at a bookstore. No, no. Um. <laughs> oh, I, I, wa I walk straight into my closest Barnes and Noble and I take it off the shelf and I I'm pay not even for it with all that. my other stuff. <laughs> for me, it's more sort of like, what if I get pulled over by the cops? I mean, I'm just, let's, uh, <laughs> let's be more careful out there. Uh, so that's uh, Gigant, 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 and uh, Berserk of Gluttony. That's what we got going on over here. Um, not, not much anime in my corner lately. Uh, it's been more of a reading things lately think, kind of thing for me, but, uh, one piece live action is going to be coming out pretty soon. And are you ready? 
Uh, I mean, I'm as ready as I'm going to be. They've been releasing previously recorded material, uh, smart of them to get all the press material done before yeah. the strike. Um, good on them for that. So they've been releasing a lot of material of like uh, seeing Inake go to Japan, go to Shueisha offices to talk to the, like Otis assistants. Um, you know, so the thing they did with Wired where they answered like 50 One yeah, Piece questions. 50 questions. Very spoilery. I was like not expecting wow. that. Right. Well, spoil it. Yeah, because they're talking about stuff that's happening like right now. And I'm just like, whoa, hey, like, there's people who are going to be watching this. Who really, <laughs> they don't want to know that. <laughs> and, and, and it's wild because they all absolutely answer the questions uh, because they've read it. <laughs> yeah, is, you can tell. Which is fantastic. Much, well, th- I think the only one who doesn't who you can tell doesn't really <laughs> is Usopp's uh, actor. But uh, everybody else is like pretty up on it, especially uh, McKenna. Yeah, and they they released a video I think just today, um, as of this recording, where they were talking about like what they had to do to adapt the story. And McKenna is talking; it's the most animated I've seen him talking because he's kind of on his own; he doesn't have to play off of people's energy. And he's talking about how like he's he's read it forever, and and Zoro's always been his favorite character. Like he, it turns out he's living the same dream that Emily Rudd's li- living. Uh, playing nami and he's just been so measured about it but then this he's just like animated like it's so hard to be critical about this right because everybody who talks about it just has the same kind of affection for it that oda does and it's so hard to like you know i I feel like it's going to be hard to review this (laughs) when the day comes because i don't know if i can be like like i don't want to break these poor kids' hearts you know they're working so hard we don't. We don't have to. We can just lie, right? Right. Nah, I that's guess what Usopp not. does. We can. We can. You know, <laughs> yeah, we, we can follow Usopp. his. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So th- that's that's coming out the thirty first. So uh, we'll probably won't, we have another. We have the break coming. So I don't know how we're gonna do that. Maybe we'll do a bonus show or something like that, or we'll just wait for next week's episode until it drops. I don't know. Um, unless we get screeners, we could get screeners. Uh, anything's possible. But uh, we'll keep you posted on all that. Uh, for now, we'll leave you there. Thanks for listening to Rookie Pirate Radio. We'll be back. Uh, Don't forget to hit us up on the Discord and the email if you have anything you want to say. Oh, dang it, Travis. I forgot the name of the email. Can you help me out? Oh, don't worry. I've got you, buddy. It's rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Thanks, Travis. That was a close one. Bye, everybody.